Hello and welcome to another Cheeky Scientist news show. I am Isaiah Henkel and today I want to start with a new article out in Forbes about how white collar or skilled labor is contracting sharply and this is expected to go down for years. Okay, specifically it talks about UPS drivers, this has been in the news lately, getting $170,000. Okay, now that's their salary plus a lot of benefits, but still for a lot of us coming out of academia, especially if you have a high uh, higher education degree, this is shocking. Right now it's harder than ever before to get hired into the skilled labor market. And the reasons for this in the article are hyper-specialization, -special fewer job openings, right, of course, and then threats to job security such as AI. So a lot of the skilled labor and kind of that first band of skilled labor, you can call it entry level, but that's not quite right because they require certain certifications, higher education degrees, doctorates and so forth, they're, they're being taken over by AI, right? There's hyper-specialization, which means things are becoming more and more specialized. All of that means that all the unspecialized stuff is being done by AI. Um, and then of course, there's just fewer job openings overall, especially compared to the last couple of years. And this is what, what we've been talking about for months and months, and you're starting to see it in big media now. So what does it mean that you need to do? Well, in the article, it talks about making sure that you're focused on, right, learning how to learn new skills, not just you know, focusing on the skills that you gained in academia, but are you talking about your ability to learn skills quickly to these employers? Are you talking about your ability to make decisions, right? What AI can't really do. Are you, are you able to take physical action, to execute, to pivot quickly, to be flexible and versatile? This is what's gonna get you hired in today's job market uh, in part. The other part is understanding that the job market is forever changed. The jobs that are posted that you're seeing, one in two of them are not even real jobs. They're called ghost job listings. This is another trend that we've been talking a lot about. There's a new article out called Ghost Jobs. Job hunters say companies are posting listings for jobs that don't exist. This is true and there's so many reasons this is happening. One of the reasons is it allows companies to show growth to their competitors, stakeholders, shareholders when there is none. There's more complex reasons as well. If a company lays off a bunch of people, they can post jobs for downgraded positions and there's a variety of regulatory reasons why this is beneficial for them to do so. So they'll post these jobs for downgraded positions. Perhaps this will allow them to not pay as much severance. There's other regulatory factors as well. And then they'll slowly phase out those postings for those lower level positions. Fair, not fair, doesn't matter. It just means that if you're just looking for jobs online and you think you're gonna get hired that way, you're not. It's certainly going to be much more, it's much more challenging than it was ever before. This article talks about data that's come out, and we've talked a lot about this. Studies of thousands of employers show that the employers themselves are saying, you know, these jobs that we're posting, 60 to 70% of them, which is in this article, we have no intention of hiring anytime soon. Months and months later, at the soonest. The same employers are saying, at least 20% of these jobs, we have no intention of hiring at all. And other reports and studies that are referenced say up to 50%, depending on the sector. So you cannot just keep uploading jobs online. And there's, there's a behavior change that has to happen because you can hear this and say, that makes sense. I see that. I know it's happening. I'm getting automatic rejection the same day. They must be ghost job listings. But we still think, oh, if this company's posting a job, that job's open. No, it's auto-refreshed. They're posting it to get access to free data, free information, free resumes, just in case. So they can build them up in case they decide to grow later, six months, 12 months from now. So you gotta change the way you're thinking. And 
What I will tell you is if you're coming out of academia, you can't stay in academia. Things are only getting worse there. Uh, there's an article here that I wanted to discuss from Inside Higher Ed. PhD oversupply. The system is the problem. And this is not just for PhDs, but it's especially true for PhDs. There is an oversupply of people with degrees getting pushed out. Why? Because academia is only incentivized based on how many PhDs, how many doctors, how many people with master's degrees, how many people with bachelor's degrees they produce. They get funding based on that, not just from the government, but also just the tuition of people coming in. It's a business. They're trying to bring in as many as possible. So using PhDs as an example, there's well over 1,000 PhDs a day being produced. Think about that. It's over 365,000 per year. The numbers are staggering. And this is all around the world, especially in the US. So every single day, the competition is growing. And this is why things are so bad for PhDs, for other people with advanced degrees in, uh, excuse me, in academia right now. There's another article from Nature specifically saying industry scores higher than academia for job satisfaction. Of course, right? So if you're interested in the actual numbers today, you're looking at 64% are much more likely than those in academia, which is only 42%, to report feeling positively about their careers. So 64% of industry respondents feel positively about their careers versus 42% of respondents uh, from academia. Okay, and this is in nature, and that's a big change. Just in 2016, the same survey showed that it was neck and neck with 63% of industry respondents saying they feel positively, and 65%, so academia was actually winning a bit, 65% uh, of academics saying they feel positively. Things are getting worse. You can't stay in academia. You gotta figure out a way to get into the industry career you want now. Things are contracting. You can't hide out in academia like you used to be able to do during past contractions or recessions. You gotta take your job search seriously now. So what can you do to get hired? Well, understand that the world has changed. There's AI that is working against you and there's AI that can work for you. So I wanna talk about a way to understand what employers are doing. So they're using AI to uh, screen out as many people as possible. Understand that the AI, the ATS systems that employers use, and there are hundreds and hundreds. By the way, I recommend getting an article like this, the most comprehensive list of applicant tracking system ATS in the world. Get this article or one similar just to see the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ATS systems that companies use. Most of them link up to LinkedIn Recruiter and pull information from that as well. And there's an ecosystem that shares data back and forth. And it keeps a visibility score of you, essentially a reputation score of you in the job market. So if you're applying to jobs, getting rejected over and over, or people are bouncing away from your LinkedIn profile because they don't see anything interesting, your score is going lower and lower and lower, making you less likely to get hired, less likely to get an interview in the future. So don't burn through your reputation score by just continuing to upload resumes to ghost job listings online. This article I like a lot, expose chat GPT resumes and uncover real talent using these five effective strategies. This is written for employers. So once they get a resume, if you get that call back, they're, they're being told to focus on behavioral questions, the tough questions. Tell me about a time you violated your own ethics. Talk about a misstep that you made in the past. Talk about a conflict you had with the supervisor. Tell me about a disagreement you had with a team member. How'd you handle it? Those kind of questions to see if you really can do the job. Test candidate skills with real world scenarios. We're seeing a lot of really quizzes, like three detailed questions that you have to give back as in like a take home exam before you can even get hired. Be prepared for that. Get creative with problem solving exercises. Um, ask for work sample, samples and references. We're seeing a lot more portfolios have to be submitted for all kinds of jobs. Uh, 
Pay attention to nonverbal cues and emotional intelligence. So we're seeing a lot of extended interviews, right? Five interviews, that's the average now, five. Just a few years ago, it was two at the most. We see some in maybe the tech industry, certain positions where it's gonna be six, seven, eight different interviews. Why? To test your behavior. Because maybe you have ChatGPT or AI write your resume for you, they wanna see the real you. So be prepared for that. On the topic of interviewing, how to use LinkedIn's interview prep to land your dream job. If you're not using LinkedIn's interview prep, I highly recommend it, I like it. You go to the interview prep page, this article covers step-by-step step what to do. Choose the category of interview questions that you want, such as common questions, more specialized questions, learn from the interview questions, answers, and tips. Most people have this great strategy for interviewing, which is once I get an interview, I'm gonna cram for it. Not good. Test yourself and then make sure you get in front of other people to test yourself behaviorally. How do you respond under pressure? Especially on Zoom. I love this article in Flex Jobs. Nine video interview, Zoom interview tips to help you land the job. Okay, so we'll go through these tips quickly. Prepare yourself, of course. Be punctual, test your technology. As in be five minutes early into the Zoom room or into the WebEx room or into the Microsoft Teams room. At least five minutes early, be there. You want them to see you there in the waiting room when they log on. Do not be late, don't come right on time. Very important. Test the technology, the Wi-Fi. If you can't manage your Wi-Fi connection, why would they put you in charge of managing anything else? No excuses. And I wouldn't use Wi-Fi, I'd get a hardline connection. Get a hardline connect, they're gonna pay you what? Let's say a $100,000 plus job, you can afford to get right the connection uh, to, to the hardline, okay, get the adapter. Um, check your environment, camera settings. Choose your background. Don't use the blurred background, the background that lose track of your hands because you should be speaking with your hands. In fact, in fact, that's something that it says here. Speak slowly, clearly, right? Use your body language, don't go too crazy. Make sure that it's the camera's at the top of your head, middle, torso, okay? Don't just be showing a floating head. Make sure you get this right. One of the things that most people don't pay attention to nearly enough because it's video is the audio quality it has to be excellent. Lots of studies and surveys shown, uh, uh, show that high quality audio will make the difference in the interview. Very high quality audio, okay? Leaves a lasting impact. Your tonality, these other types of non-verbal cues that, well, they're verbal because they're tonality, right? Your pauses, et cetera. Those are gonna come through with really high quality audio, better mic. You want uh, the best audio possible. So make sure you test it with somebody else on the other side. The unsung skill, too many IT leaders shortchange. I like this article, it's not just for IT though, and that's why I pulled it. Um, you wanna make sure that you're focusing on economy of communication. That's what it talks about, economy of communication. And this is verbally too. Most of the positions right now in this contracting job market, if they're gonna hire you, they wanna make sure you're a great communicator. They wanna make sure they can take somebody who has a high, higher education degree, a highly skilled person for skilled labor, and put you in front of a stakeholder, an unskilled person, an executive who doesn't have your education level and that you can communicate to them quickly using layperson's terms, right? So you can take something complex but simplify it. Economy of communication, a great skill to put on your resume. And I'm going to end today with two things. One, the happiest way to change jobs. This is a very interesting article. It's in the Atlantic, again, the happiest way to change jobs. It talks about how people rank their current job on a scale of one to seven at a 4.5 before they change careers. Then they rank it as a six out of seven right after they change careers, but it goes back down to a 4.5 just six weeks later. So understand whatever career you're getting into, right? 
there's going to be this, this peak period. You're going to enjoy it, and then your satisfaction is going to go down a bit. It'll be higher in industry than in academia, but you have to understand that, and it, it talks about this in a way that will help you manage the emotional stress of the job search easier, right? Manage your expectations in the job search, and I would say manage your threshold, and that's what this article is really about. If you think you're going to apply to 100 jobs and get hired, right, you, you are probably going to be okay. Maybe it's 200 jobs, but you understand there's going to be a lot of jobs you have to apply to with a specific targeted resume, and you're going to have to reach out to a person to ask them if the job still exists, because a lot of those will be ghost job listings. If that's your expectations, you're good, but a lot of people go into the job search thinking they're going to have to apply to 10 jobs, and they're going to get three interviews after applying to those 10 jobs. So they think they can take the same resume, put it out to 100 jobs, and get a bunch of interviews, and it doesn't happen, and they're shocked, and it leads to misery. So the happiest way to change jobs is to manage your expectations, understand the actual thresholds. You're going to have to, especially for skilled work in this contracting job market, you have to put in an immense amount of effort, not just playing the LinkedIn lottery, scrolling through the jobs at the end of the day. And the very last thing here is I did want to leave you with some tools to try out if you haven't. This is from Tom's guide and specifically on AI uh, in terms of resumes to help. This is AI that would help you get your resume through the employer's AI. Uh, the first uh, software program that Tom reviewed is resi.ai. Okay, and the score on that was a three out of five. Okay, the next was resume maker. It's actually resumaker.ai. Score was three out of five here, and I'm not going in, into more depth on all these, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Teal HQ was a two out of five. Kick resume. This is the one that I would recommend, kickresume.com, four out of five. Very helpful AI writer, did resumes, did CVs, and overall, the, he has a scoring system listed in here as 88 out of 100, did very, very well. Same score for ChatGPT, four out of five, but importantly, for ChatGPT, he had to iterate multiple times. So, you know, write a resume for this job posting, okay, try, rewrite these bullet points again, rewrite this section again to make it better and better before it became a four out of five. This takes us to the end of today's new show. Stay current and stay on the cutting edge of your job search and your career.